The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Today's guest, Eric Jardy, has not had a near-death experience himself, and yet has seen the importance of NDEs and how they make a powerful contribution to our understanding of the world and our spiritual role in it. And for that reason, Eric has become a very active promoter of the NDE story. Eric grew up in a large family, one of 14 children, and was raised in the Mormon faith. He's a pharmacy technician by trade, and he, his wife Sally, and their three boys, Gabe, Leaf, and Sawyer, live in Montana. Eric, welcome to NDE Radio. Thanks for having me, Lee. Great to be here. Oh, great to have you. Um, uh, my friend, uh, our friend, uh, Robert Osgood stopped by the church yesterday, uh, just to, uh, uh, say that he'd heard you were going to be on. So we have at least one, uh, interested listener right now. <laughs> we have one interested, and he's a wonderful interested listener, that's for sure. He is. Love Robert. Uh, Love Robert. He's a wonderful <laughs> man. He is. Um, Eric, you were raised Mormon, which is a faith unusually accepting of NDEs, I've found. And for example, there's a book called Visions of Glory, as told to John Pontius. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Yeah, it's, uh, I am actually. It's, uh, uh, supposedly, at, at least I've heard, written by a, uh, a Latter-day Saints bishop and um, has... Uh, uh, some amazing visions of uh, that he gained through near-death experience. Are, do you consider yourself an active Mormon, or um, and if not, why? Um, not I'm not Mormon any longer. Uh, I was raised in the Mormon Church. Both my parents were converts, so I was born into the church. Um, I left when uh, probably in my 20s, in my mid 20s. I, I I officially kind of divorced from the church. Um, my my father's still active, and uh, he lives in California. My mother is um, always been kind of more intellectual on on subjects, and she never really um, never really became like um, a real true believing LDS member. So we always had kind of a a mom who was in the church, but still very intellectual and had questions, and you know that kind of probably obviously was benefiting me because then I was able to just question things or understand things better or maybe not just take everything at face value but i'm now just consider myself a christian a salt of the earth humble christian i'm not a member of any sect just a follower of jesus as a chaplain i found so many people these days uh as i would go from room to room would say well i'm not religious but i'm a spiritual and oftentimes they didn't really have a clear uh definition of what spiritual was but uh but i understood where they were coming from and it seems like uh, so many people have been turned off by mainline churches yeah and yet i I agree that's yeah that's still the um i guess my problem has as a as a a non-denominational chaplain as i was practicing in at the hospital was um i i i found it very frustrating myself that um of pastors and priests and rabbis and um, imams were so um, disinterested in the near-death experience, um, and and yet there it seems like the faith 
would be so much more vital and um, and uh, dynamic if if they were more if they were more accepting of the near death experience. I absolutely I agree. Um, you know, if if you think about it, the the near death experience, even though it's happened since ancient times, I mean, from the myth of Ur, even you know, for Plato, um, it 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 hasn't really gained steam until the twenty uh, the twentieth century. When we really started to get a snowball effect of all these accounts, a lot of, mostly because of our medical technology. So for thousands of years, we didn't have any of this information, but we did have the Bible. And so what was happening was people would just be following the Bible and kind of the rote, um, uh, traditions of their religion. Um, and, and, and the NDE wasn't really ever incorporated. It's kind of a new phenomena or it's a new thing that's, what I think is a companion to our religious uh, observances. And so I think a lot of them just being passed down through the ages, unfortunately, this is kind of how it is. So when they approach the subject of the near-death experience, if it's not in the Bible or it's not mentioned directly in the Bible, these pastors and preachers and whatnot tend to be a little tentative about it because it's just, it's just not in, it's just not a, or, you know, integrated into the history of the church itself or the, whatever religion people have to be in. And for, unfortunately, that's the case. But I think it's changing now um, as the NDE is, um, is getting more worldwide attention and more and more people coming out with testimonies. Christians, uh, certain Christian pastors are writing books about it now, and it's really starting to gain steam in terms of coming into the public arena so that people can understand in a greater capacity what's going on here. You know, there's God communicating with all of us, and it's, this is a perfect opportunity for the church, and by the church I mean very generically whatever denomination you belong to, to really uh, try to understand it and embrace it and find out if someone in your congregation has had a near-death experience. Maybe they're afraid to talk about it. A lot of them are. They don't want to be condemned as, well, I had a near-death experience, and then their pastor's going to say, well, this is just satanic. You know, that would be a crushing blow to somebody who had a wonderful, heartfelt experience um, with God or angelic beings or what have you. And so there's that, you know, we got to try to bridge that gap. It's going to be kind of a slow process. But as far as the end-of-life care in hospitals, I, I think it would be absolutely uh, wonderful if at the very minimum um, chaplains or pastors would go there with an open mind and open heart. It would, it would mean the world to the dying person and their family. And then also, out, you know, as we go forward in, in history, uh, kind of set an example or a way of doing things differently, especially for the grieving. Yeah. Now you you've been working through Facebook and uh, your site Jesus and the Near Death Experience is uh, must reach thousands of people. Has there has there been an interest from the clergy in in joining your group? There has been an interest in uh, some clergy. I don't really have specific numbers. I know that there are some clergy in our group. Um, it's hard to gauge that because you don't, I know in some Facebook groups, you, you know, you could ask members several questions before they join to kind of get an idea, you know, about what they're all about or what they believe or why they want to join. We haven't put any of those in our group. Mm. Uh, people just basically make requests and then um, we just check them out a little bit to make sure it's not a fake account or something that would be hostile to the group. And then we approve most of them. Um, but I'm not sure about the clergy. I, like I said, I didn't know we have some there. I just don't know percentage-wise. I've mentioned on the show uh, there's a church in Sedona, Arizona, that um, 
the the pastor became very interested in NDEs and and then took a, a four or five Sundays, uh, starting with Easter Sunday, in which he recounted stories of NDEs, showed video um, uh, accounts of NDEs, and he said as it as it went along, people were suddenly coming out of his congregation and talking to him personally, and then even addressing the congregation about their own experiences they'd never talked to anyone about these before, but it had such a, a an electric effect on the congregation and uh, just seems to me if we could only communicate that somehow to churches they would um they would respond the same way absolutely i and there's no coincidence that the near death experience now in this time in history is so pronounced that a lot of more people are coming forward with their testimony and it's a god's obviously working in people's hearts he's working in this world he created you kind of like it, oh, maybe a kick in the pants or a gentle shove. He's trying to say, hey, look, 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 I've never abandoned you. I've never left you. I'm always, I've always been here. And the church, which is where the body of believers comes to meet, you know, no church is perfect. There's always, you know, religion is always going to have their stuff. But the church is where, is the primary place where it's really going to be nurtured. And um, I think it's a great place to bring it into the awareness of the congregation. You could start in baby steps, you know, maybe just have a, someone come up and speak one Sunday or whatnot, but really validate these people because they're bringing back a message from God. And other short of God just coming down and manifesting himself directly into the physical realm, the near-nessus experience, in my opinion, is the, is the greatest, is the strongest witness that you could possibly have uh, for God's existence. And he's we're reading all these experiences for a reason. They're supposed to be here to ripple out effect, to give people hope, you know, in a, in a materialist world. There's a lot of fear because I think our technology is, which is a double-edged sword, it's good and bad, and sometimes our technology is a squelch the spirit so that we are so into the material things that we don't concentrate on the spiritual. Um, and the church is a great place where people should feel safe. I don't like mm-hmm. the term safe space, really. But the church should be a safe space for people to go to and be able to talk about these things without a fear of condemnation. But uh, rather people could say, you know, that's wonderful. Tell me more about it. Or what did you learn? Or what did you hear? What did you see? And that alone would help strengthen the body of believers there. Because I don't think that the near-death experience is contrary to the Bible. I think it's a companion. For instance, we know the Bible is, is is a wonderful, the most amazing book ever written, in my opinion. And it's a, it's a bunch of letters and there's poetry and there's law and it's a, it's a big amalgam of things. Well, the near-death experience, in a way, <clears throat> is similar to some of the things written in the Bible. They're companions, they're companionship pieces to the Bible, in my opinion. That sounds radical to some people, but I don't think it is, because I know God gave us the Bible through inspiration. However, he, he's, not, he's never stopped communicating in our lives, and the near-death experience, I think, is kind of part of a companion. You could read the Bible, you could read his experiences, and then you can build your testimony from these many different things that he's gave to us as we're here on this earth, kind of separated <clears throat> from the spiritual world in a more dramatic fashion than maybe, you know, other levels of reality. Right. Uh, well, a large par- uh, portion of the Bible could actually have come from near-death experiences. We've got... Uh, the example of um, of Saint Paul, and um, and he, amazingly enough, developed a whole mature concept of what uh, Christ coming to Earth was all about in a very short period of time, and he may very well have learned that by. 
going to the third heaven. Well, absolutely. And if you think about it, um, the, all the telltale signs are very NDE-like, like the light he saw, then he was struck down. Um, and just what, what the most fascinating thing, <clears throat> excuse me, is the 180 he did in his life. Now, remember, Paul was a Jew who was very, he was a harsh, harsh persecutor of Christians. I mean, this guy was yes. bad, and he admitted it. But he had this, and I believe it was an NDE, you know, people can disagree, but he had this NDE experience, and he did a complete 180. I mean, he was the guy to the basically the end of the New Testament. He pushed the church to where we where it is now. He basically probably saved Christianity from just kind of petering out into these small pockets of Gnostic Christians and then to non-existence. I mean, he really, he really put his whole life and soul into it. He lived a life of poverty. He was, you know, he was all in for Jesus. And I think that was the kind of after effect you see from people who've had a near-death experience. It's so similar in that respect. I mean, Stephen the Martyr also had a near-death experience. You could say John did, the Revelator. Um, yes. Even in the Old Testament, there's some, you know, Ezekiel, there's some amazing, um, amazing experiences that I would say would be near-death experiences. They just didn't couch it in those terms back then, because mm-hmm. that's a, you know, a construct of the 20th century. Unfortunately, it's been my experience that a lot of people who've had near-death experiences have decided to drop out of the church they were going to uh, rather than incorporate the near-death experience experience into um, into their congregations. So um, it's almost a hollowing out of the churches as near-death experience becomes more more um, popular. And yeah, this is a this is the problem with right now, Lee, that we're having in these churches. Uh, these near-death experiencers. There's a couple things. Either they're, they don't feel welcomed or they're, they're afraid to share their experience or the doctrine is such that it just doesn't allow for a near-death experience to be, to be admitted as something that could be a real event. And so you have these, and another thing is the near-death experience, a lot of times they have this experience where they go to this church and it's like the church seems too small, too constricting. The, the yes. doctrine is too constricting. It doesn't, it's too much sola scriptura and not enough sola spiritus. And so they're, they don't feel at home that they could be at home with the church, but they have such strong spiritual inclinations. And I can only imagine the, the tug of war going on in these, in these people's lives. It must be difficult, you know, because they've had this miraculous experience. You're hoping you can share it without fear of condemnation, but deep down inside, you're thinking, I just can't do this. And this is the pivotal role that churches can play now in today's society is, you know, listen to these people. Don't. Don't dismiss them. These are very real experiences. Just because we weren't there firsthand doesn't mean that they're not real. We can't mm-hmm. just we just can't rely on our own interpretation of scripture, which are millions of them. I mean, look how many sects of Christianity are than the world something on the order I've heard thirty four thousand or higher, just depending on who you talk to. So who's to say who's got the right approach to Christianity or the right doctrine of Christianity? We're never gonna agree, even within Religions, specific religions, nobody agrees and sees eyes to eye. Sees, sees eye, to eye. And so yeah. when we have you, someone like, go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you suppose the the message that God is love is just too universal for a lot of churches to uh, accept? I think it's a bit it's a bit too universal. People like people like certainty. You know, that's kind of human nature. They want certainty. And so something where you say God is universal, it's it's a little bit too open ended for a lot of people. Uh, you know, they want a little bit more, more T's crossed and I's dotted. Um, mm. and so that can make them uncomfortable. Although I think it's changing. I think Christianity is changing in that way. 
And this is the primary reason why uh, Robert and I and Father Rod Walton have started this group, and Peter Penagore is also one of our admins. He is an idiot ear. We started this group because we wanted a place for people who believed in Jesus, Christians, all sects, all denominations, can come together and share their love for Jesus and the Gospels and the New Testament, and also who know without a doubt that the near-death experience is a very special gift by our Creator to give us hope, to help change the world, to inspire people, um, to really help us come together as, you know, children of, of God and learn to love one another and care for one another, carry each other's burdens. And the near-death experience just dovetails perfectly, in my opinion, into the teachings of the New Testament of Christ and the Bible. And so there weren't any groups like that on Facebook, really. Um, there were a few small pages, but we really wanted something where people could could come together and be Christian. And we've had our knock, you know, there's been some disagreements, don't get me wrong, we have that many different kind of Christians coming together. People are going to, are going to, you know, not agree on everything. That includes some indie ears with others, you know, not everybody agrees, but this is a place that we're hoping to start a movement, a greater awareness in Christianity through this group, through God's glory, however he uses us, to mm. get the message out that you can be Christian, you can believe in near-death experiences. There are... Uh... Many non-Christians who've had near-death experiences and report having met Jesus. So, uh, is your, is your private site open to, uh, non-Christians who, uh, um, had near-death NDEs? We're open to everybody. Our, our appeal is, is primarily to Christians who are looking for a home over here who've had near-death experiences or love, or people who love Jesus. However, mm-hmm. they, you know, they see Jesus. But we're open to everybody. I mean, you don't have to be Christian at all. I mean, if you want to come in, come in. We, we welcome all people. We're all sinners. We're all human. You know, and if, if you want to join up, join up. If you're not Christian, it doesn't matter. We just try to give everybody, you know, um, something to inspire them as they, as they come into the group. And hopefully they can take something away out into the world because as Betty Edie had, you know, she mentioned in her book, the ripple effect, it really is everything we, every action we make is a ripple effect. We, um, and the life review, really corroborates that when people have these life reviews, they see the, the ripple effect that life has, not on their immediate life, but the, the lives around them. And so we're hope, you know, we're just hoping and we pray and we try to be humble that this group can kind of be a source for some of that to go out into the world um, to really help Christians now, especially, and Christianity is kind of in a, in a weird place right now, to uh, kind of rise above maybe some of its old dogmatism and ways and, and kind of embrace... Um, a better type future for itself. Yes. And I think the near-death experience is, is going to be probably the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest catalyst for that change. One of the things that uh, ND years sometimes come back talking about, too, is um, reincarnation. I was wondering what your what your views are on that. Um, I, I have my own personal views on reincarnation. I I I don't like to really dwell on that type of an issue. It's really... Uh, divisive. I personally, I personally don't believe in reincarnation, um, as Howard Storm and others have. I've, I've kind of researched it. It's not, but I, but I, here's kind of my thing. I, I don't believe in earthly reincarnation where people come back to the earth. However, I think it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a complicated concept because, uh, heaven is vertical and earth is linear. Mm-hmm. And, um, they making the cross, by the way. 
Exactly, exactly. And they don't really translate. You can't really translate the uh, the the realities of the two uh, across the board. You can have uh, association, but they don't really translate. I think that the soul is always evolving towards God. Um, it's always moving forward to God. I don't think you. I don't think it's you get to a point where you die, then you're just there's God, and that's the end of it. I think it's always a way of you're always moving inwards towards God, inwards towards God, and so. Yeah. In that respect, I think the soul is always is always moving towards God. Uh, but direct reincarnation, personally, me no. But if people want to believe in reincarnation, they're most certainly welcome to. I mean, we've got people, you know, who think all and believe all different types of things that we don't always see eye to eye on. And everybody's welcome. You know, the whole point is just to welcome everybody. You may learn one something the, you never know. One of the uh, things I take on that vertical is that it's a timeless period, whereas the the linear period that we live on Earth is being the being the horizontal um, is certainly we're trapped by time. Um, yeah. It may be that people, if they do seek reincarnation, it might be just to work out more in a linear fashion than uh, than the timeless yeah. offers. It's very possible. You know, in the Bible, actually, the New Testament, actually, the word that they put in for eternity is age during in the Greek. There's actually no, they don't have, they don't use, there's a word for eternity. And so, if you think about it in this respect, uh, mortal life or our physical life, is it's all linear. So it's 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 very long, it's it's very long, it's very um, dilated. Mm. So, in, so eternity or a thousand years is very, very, very long. But if you read near-death experiences, it's, everything's happening at once. So, so there is no time. So if you think about it, eternity is really a snap of a finger. And and human time is very linear. It's like it's forever. It seems like it's forever, but the actual forever eternity is happening all at once right now. It's really hard to kind of wrap your head around it. Um, mm. It's it's kind of a hard concept to to understand, but it's definitely fascinating. As you read, you know, if you read the near death experiences or watch the interviews, how people say they ask you what your perception of time was. Well, everything was happening at once, and you think as a moral, how could that be happening? How is everything happening at once? Um, it's just because eternity is is always right. Is everything right now, forever drawn out forever? But in but in one moment, but it doesn't stop at one moment. If you if you, if you know what I'm trying to say, it's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> yes. But as opposed to us thinking, you know, if we think about like infinity, we think, oh my gosh, that's forever. Like when you're a kid, that's going to take a million years. You know, when you complain to mm-hmm. your parents about having to do a chore. One one of the problems with uh, a mainline religions and uh, especially some of the more fundamental ones is that uh, they're that not only are they um, getting too involved or uh, completely involved these days in politics but you see racism and dogmatism and the prosperity doctrines and all of these things just getting between you and and uh, God's love and yeah. um, it's that's uh, an issue I'm sorry that's definitely an issue that's definitely, yeah. I think that is a, I think that's, that's a great point you raised. Um, I think prosperity Christianity is a bane to Christianity. Christianity is not a doctrine of prosperity. It's a, it's a doctrine of poverty, to be honest. It's about yes. helping someone when it's hard to help someone, but you do it because you love God and you know God loves you. And it's really about the absence of self. It's about helping others. It's about making a sacrifice. I mean, the early Christians, the life was one of poverty, and it was one of uh, affliction. Um, mm. 
and you don't go to seek it out, but you just serve other people. And you're not about getting the Lamborghini or getting the 10 cell phones or this or that. It's about, you know what, I've got 10 bucks left in my pocket. I'll give it to the cashier in the, in the grocery line and give it to the people behind me for the groceries or helping someone doing something for somebody when it's hard to do. That's what our focus should be. And I, we need to take the focus away kind of from ourselves and put it on other people. And I think sometimes the best way to do that, Lee, is I think small, I think this, it's important for the congregation to have a relationship with their pastor. It's very important. That's how the body strengthens itself through, through Jesus, where he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I amongst them. If you go, if you just attend a huge, super large, if you attend a mega church or a super large congregation, you can't have that intimate relationship with your pastor, which I think is very important. And so I tend to value the smaller churches because you can know your pastor, they can counsel you, they can help families in the church, they can help the community better than these really large churches that break in tons of money and, you know, have these yep. wonderful, big, huge houses. You know, the Christian life is one of poverty, and a lot of people don't want to hear that message, but it's not poverty as in uh, just painful, kind of make yourself fully destitute, but it's one of putting others' needs in front of yourself, not you know, living was, high in the hog. It's what materialist communism strive for and fail to, to reach. It's, you know... To everyone, as according to their need, from yeah. everyone that that has the um, the the wherewithal to help them, it's it should be a total sharing. Uh, you, I, I watched, uh, and I want to mention this to people if if they'd like to find out more about you uh, and this and uh, the discussion we're having here, much in a much broader way. I watched your three hour interview on Heart of the yeah. Matter on um, on YouTube, and I would recommend it to anyone. Uh, uh, you know, if they if they enjoy this show, they would uh, they would certainly enjoy watching you there. But I think one of the things you mentioned there was uh, it's like we're almost going back to the Old Testament. We're missing the New Testament message of love. Yeah, I mean, Christ came to fulfill the law and the prophets. That's what he did. Uh, that's another thing with modern Christianity. Again, I hate to harp on it, but I mean, we got to clean up our own house here. There's such a tendency to go back to what Greg Albrecht what called the Hebrew Roots Movement. We want to go mm. back to old Israel. We want to, we want to like, recapture the glory of old Israel and enshrine in Christianity, but that's done away with. You know, it's now the Jew and the Greek. And it's, we need to... The, the, there's only two commandments in the Bible, in the New Testament. The, the, three, I guess, or two and a half. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. That's what Jesus said. That's what it's all wound up in. In the Old Absolutely. Testament, there's something on the order of 630 laws and and rules to, that you had to live by, and you were always breaking it. I mean, no one could ever do it, and no one could ever do it now because we're guilty by the law. We no one could ever possibly do that. That's why Jesus Christ came, fulfilled the law. We're liberated in Christ through His Spirit, through His sacrifice. Our job now is to love each other, to love God, and if you need to know what love is, you could read in Corinthians. It's long-suffering, it's patient, it's kind. You know, love is a, very much a verb. In fact, it's probably a noun and an adjective. It's all those things. It is. It's a very active state of mind. It's, a, it's, an, it's an act of service. It's not just love and this kind of, like, you know, amorphous, you know, lovey-dovey. You know, it's, just not, it's, it's a very deep, deep, 
penetrating um, word that NDEers themselves say we barely even scratch the surface on when we talk about the concept of love. And I and I think it's important as Christians that we really embrace that the great commandment that Christ talked about that we should take a part in. If Jesus said it, I want to do it. In context, you know, if Jesus said it, this is something I want to do. This is our Lord and Savior. And let me tell you something. As you mentioned earlier, you know, Jesus has seen more than any other person in near-death experiences of known people in world history, something on the order of close to 7% of uh, end of year see him. And it's not a coincidence. And he gives them the same message every time. It's those two, the great commandments. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor of yourself. And I think that's possibly a threat to organized religion when they hear that. And they don't hear much about the Ten Commandments and the old ways and the old, you know, traditions. It's very much New Testament as Christ came and established, you know, here on earth. And yes. that's just more of another witness, another cooperation to the amazing power and beauty of the near-death experience, which is truly such a wonderful gift from God to all of us. Eric, we're out of time, unfortunately. I want to thank you for uh, being with us today. Um Tell our audience again how they can get in touch with you on Facebook. Yes, just if you go to Facebook, uh, you just type under the search bar there, uh, Jesus and the near-death experience. Uh, we use and, the symbol for and, the ampersand, so you have to type in Jesus and symbol, the near-death experience. Um, if you also want to watch my interviews um, with Heart of the Matter, just go into YouTube and type in uh, Eric Gerde, J-E-R-D-E, um, uh, heart of the Matter, or go into the Heart of the Matter, Sean McCraney. I'm not sure exactly how he, I mean, there's a couple search words you could find it, and then it'll, you can just go down through videos and it'll show you um, the three parts I did of the Near Death Experience with Sean McCraney, who uh, runs Campus Church out of Salt Lake City. Um, sure. If you'd like to do that, you could do that. But we would definitely welcome you to come check out the group and um, be inspired and help spread the word, the good word of God's love through his New Testament and the testimony people have of their near-death experience. Terrific. Thank you, Eric. Um, Thank you, Lee. The, you're very welcome. Um, if the audience would like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And uh, for more information about the work of IANS, check out their website, iands.org. Tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. <laughs>